Making the right financial decisions takes time, skill, and effort. The Savvy Brokers Club podcast delivers strategies from today's thought leaders that help you build and maintain your financial freedom. How you guys doing? I'm Tony Arce. Welcome to the Savvy Brokers Club podcast. Today, I'm joined by Andrew Hartel, Senior Loan Officer at Cornerstone First Mortgage. Andrew, thank you for being here. Thanks for having me, Tony. I'm so excited, man. Likewise, likewise. No, I saw you came in and you came ready with your you know, camera and getting some footage. So it seems like uh, this is really a passion for you, doing it what is. you do. Yeah, you know, and it's it's it hasn't been very long that I've been doing it. I think I put off video for a long time because it made me uncomfortable. No way. And now I'm just diving into it because it is... It's giving back tons of returns as far as relationships and business goes. Wow. Yeah. Now, tell me about how you got into the business to begin with. Sure. Um, yeah, I was. I thought I was going to own car dealerships. So <laughs> I, I only went to one semester of school, and then I started selling cars. Did that for a long time, became a finance manager, and uh, realized I did not like selling cars. The car business is changing really fast, yeah. and I was looking for something different. I always loved real estate. I thought owning car dealerships would give me the means to an end so I could own real estate, and then... Uh, I figured I'd transition in. So I looked at being a realtor, or being a mortgage guy, and I was always a numbers guy, so it was a natural fit. Well, I mean, finance, right? Coming yeah. from that world. Yeah, it just comes right from it. And there was a guy that, uh, he's a mentor of mine. He was, I sold him a car years before, and then he reaches out to me over and over again every year. You should come do mortgages. You know, you'd be really good. So he recruited me for years, and finally I, I jumped on his team. He covered all my expenses to get in, which was such a blessing. And then from there, it was just... Smooth sailing, wow. I should say. Yeah, right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. No, that's awesome. Well, I see you're wearing uh, your Audi braces. Are you a uh-huh. German car guy? Oh, big time, yeah. Really? Yeah, I sold Volkswagens, BMWs, Audis. So going through that life is just, uh, it's an addiction. It takes a lot of my money, but uh, it's its such a good pastime. I just love cars. And what were you looking for, I guess, in the industry specifically when you made that transition? Because being a numbers guy, it seems like you're yeah. doing very similar things, but mm-hmm. to you, it was different enough that you wanted to get out of one industry and get into another. What was it about that that you know appealed to you? Yeah, you know, cars were always toys, and it's a very emotional purchase. Um, houses are and real estate in general it's it's such a big part of you know the the world the the economy it's it's huge and it's a huge decision for every person that makes that so you know i got in i started focusing really on first-time buyers i was 26 years old and i was just hustling for people my age and now as i've evolved and, and grown up a little bit i i'm focusing a lot on investors because that's what i love i love when people are just taking big pieces of the market um, and really diving in themselves. So I love being a part of that process. And, and for you, what, what, like in terms of the way you approached it, right? Cause obviously you come in here and talking about video and relationships. I love that. That's, that was, that's your, um, the benefit to it, right? Yeah. That it's not, Hey, I'm getting views or likes. Yeah. like, no, it's relationships. What was the, the, I guess the, the, the good things, right? The experience that you had from the car industry that translated over easily that you started uh, almost like picking up, uh, if you will, where you left off. Yeah. And that was all about the relationship. You know, when I sold cars, I did way better with Audi than I did with the cheaper cars because uh, people tend to just not care much about the decisions on that process. But the bigger cars, they really think it through. And I got to consult and I really like educating and consulting. You know, sales is to me, it's not something where I'm ever pushing anything on someone. Um, if I have something that's a worthwhile product, they're going to buy it and buy it themselves. So all yeah. I have to do is educate them, let them make a decision. So the real estate and mortgage process has been great because I get to explain one of the most complicated things for someone. To me, it's simple. So just break it down in layman's terms so that someone can understand and then they know how to make their decision. They feel good about it. I don't have to work for loyalty anymore because then they just know 
I have their best interest in mind. You know, For I'm sure. unbiased. Here are the options. Absolutely. And, and as far as that, I guess that learning curve, what is it that um, you find is the most helpful to start a starting point with people? Or, you know, maybe you find that first time home buyers versus someone who, mm-hmm. you know, has had that experience yeah. or investors versus that first time yeah. homer, right? right? What is kind of the, the, the beginning point for you as far as maybe even with home first time home buyers? So I guess I'd say the beginning point is taking someone and getting to know them what their goals are um, before I even do an application and start to get into buying a house. I like to do a discovery meeting. Um, if I can get in front of them, awesome, but I do clients all over the country. So a zoom call, whatever, let's just get to know each other. I want to figure out what your goals are, two, three, five year, 10 year goals. So I can understand what we're doing with real estate. You know, is this just a one-time thing you want to live in this house forever or do you want to continually add properties to your portfolio? You know, so I'd like to really get into what is what makes you tick and what do you want to do with real estate so I can best give them advice. That's interesting because, as you say, you know, you work with clients all over the country that <clears throat> it almost seems that post-pandemic, that's kind of a, a newer thing for mm-hmm. people, like not just having one home. or yeah. How much have you seen of that? Uh, a lot more. Yeah. Um, so much so that, you know, last year in 2021, uh, the Fed and all the big banks, they tried to crack down on secondary financing because no people way. were buying homes and they were as 10% down. Interest rates were very almost the same as a, as a primary residence. And people buy these homes all over the place. You can have as many as you want as long as they're 50 miles away from one another. So secondary financing and or secondary homes and then investment properties, I mean, that's always kind of the thing. But So and you've seen that more so like people leaving the state then too? That's yeah, what I, I heard know, a lot of Leaving the it. state, you know, definitely a lot of people go on it. Obviously right now Florida and Texas are infernos. They are just mm-hmm. blowing up <laughs> development everywhere. It's not something we've seen um, in most of the country since pre-2007 and eight, which is why I think a lot of people are scared. Um, but, but going around the country, I think COVID made it easy so that, especially in my position, I don't have to open doors and show people houses. I can educate them all from a zoom call. I have some really awesome tools to show them through email with video. So it makes it like I'm with them. And then our conversations are normally brief, no longer than 30 minutes. So it's very easy for me to just pop in and out of interviews all day long with people. Right. And I can really kind of mass it up. And then for your realtor clients, I mean, how do you, one, how do you connect with them, right? Mm -hmm. That's got to be one of the hardest things. It's called the Savvy Brokers Club because part is also educating other brokers, right? So in this case, real estate brokers. How how do you uh, really connect with I mean, your client or you're really your target mm-hmm. client, yeah. right? When it's such a cloudy market, it's right. such a, a difficult way to connect uh, in a natural sense or organically. How, how are you finding success? So I would say, once again, I try to focus on if it's a real relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, in the first couple of years, I grinded really hard. I was calling, you know, 100 agents a week. Can I, I take you out to coffee? Can I buy you a coffee? Can I buy? And their walls are up because it's just another lender asking for their business. 90% of people go to realtors first, so that's where all the leads tend to flow. Yeah. So they're used to lenders just reaching out to them like crazy. So my first several years, I just built real long-lasting relationships. I just start finding the realtors that I've made friends with, and now some of those realtors and agents are some of my best friends, you know, in my wedding this summer, and wow. and they're just, it's just those are real relationships, which is why this business is so good. So now what I do is when I'm reaching out to new agents, you know, I'm I'm being conscious. Is this something where actually a fit or am I only trying to make this work for business? And if that's the case, I'm really not into it. And normally it's mutual. So it's very easy. So I find people I connect with and then I try to find what sort of values I can give to them. Look at their business and try to give them what I know how to improve, which recently has been social media. So it's a big value add. Of course. I mean, especially just in the day and age we're in, networking went Mm -hmm. away. All those things went Mm -hmm. away that we demonize social media, but at the same time to 
do without it would be almost impossible at this I know, point, man. right? Oh man, yeah. I think that um, I tell my fiance all the time. I would probably get off Instagram and Facebook if I didn't connect with so many people in the business. And mm-hmm. and it's not. It doesn't feel like work, but you know what it does feel like is it's it's not just pleasure like it used to be on Instagram, just scrolling through cars is what I was looking at all the time. Now right. it's I'm always ingesting other content so I can recreate stuff and constantly modifying my brand for sure so it's just like working another part of work all the time for sure and and also um you know congratulations on the engagement thank and, you and thank you wedding coming up this thank summer. you That's yeah. awesome. and, and and kind of on that note of of relationships right and, and finding the right fit uh-huh. and, and what does it look like now that you've been in the business a little bit in the beginning like you said you're calling 100 agents a day or whatever mm-hmm. and like it, it, you take what you can because yeah. you're hungry yeah but as you get older you realize that that's not necessarily the best approach to to business, yes. right, and to having the best relationships. How do you sift through some of those that aren't good fits, right, and, and say, you know what, this is probably not going to be ideal for both of us. Yeah. So h- how have you learned to navigate those somewhat uncomfortable situations that people find themselves in? That's a good question. Um, as I look at it, I have made more and more friends in the business that are even in my same position. You know, my first two years, I thought every other loan officer was my competition, right. someone that I was competing with. And I realized, you know, there's just way too many loans to do that no one else is my competition. They're going to have their lake and I'm going to have mine and we're going to worry about our own. So I've made relationships with lenders that I know specialize in certain things. So if it's a client that is really not a good fit, um, I have really good referrals to give. So I'm always open to give business out. And as I've grown my business, I don't need every single deal anymore. I can pick and choose a little bit more. So I like to pick, you know, a good fit that's really mutual as far as like relationship goes because i tend to try to have clients that want to use me for the rest of their life if possible you know yeah. it can be transactional but it, i don't i don't like clients that are just using and abusing me for rates and stuff like that i really do put my heart and soul into all this so i like to have relationships with someone I, I like it when someone appreciates that that's awesome yeah. i mean as i'm hearing everything you talk about is really these relationships that mm-hmm. not only is it about um, your clients, but it's about just the network of people. And yeah. most don't really take that approach because, mm-hmm. like you said, it's this competitive mindset of yeah. you're out there, I'm over here, and let's stay in our lanes. Right. But you're finding a way to really make that work for you. I think so. You know, it's all about being positive so that you can look at it like glass half full or empty. Yeah. We're surrounded by people all day long, so I might as well try to find common ground. No, and I think that speaks to your personal brand too. One of the things that, you know, I, I hear often of people is, not understanding really where their personal brand is at or that they have one or, or how they've cultivated it. But for you, it seems you're very intentional about it. What are those things that you're trying to establish as maybe being uh, the differentiator between you and the next uh, loan officer, right? Mm-hmm. How are you establishing that brand as a value to your clients and to your community that people can come to understand or know that about you? Right. I try to be selfless, I would say. So I try to to show everyone that everything I'm doing is is for either my agents who are clients of mine or my clients, my end all, you know, loan user and borrower. Um, so I try to just make everyone know that I am doing this for you. You know, yes, I get benefits from it too, but this is built on someone else. You know, I work a lot of hours and a lot of times I'm sacrificing things I want to do for other people. So mm-hmm. it's, it's a very giving business, but it is so rewarding that it doesn't really feel like work, doesn't feel like a task. You know, it's rewarding to me, but that that's one thing that I really focus on. I love that. And as far as the, the rewarding part, I mean, being in the home is obviously rewarding in and of itself that if you're a first time home buyer, you, you bought your house, but how, how do you transition people into, it's no secret that 
real estate is an incredible investment mm-hmm. outside of just your home. Right. So how, how do you transition to that? Or at what point do you start to have those discoveries with clients like, hey, you know what, this this could be a great opportunity if you, you know, saw it this way, mm-hmm. or let me paint this scenario. How do you approach the investment side of things with uh, your residential buyers who may not have uh, been thinking about right, investing? Right. You know, it's probably, it probably comes out in some of my first initial feeler questions when I'm starting to get to know someone. Um, what is your intention with real estate? What do you know about real estate? A lot of people don't know because they haven't come from maybe a family that invests in real estate or that, you know, their, their track of education, whatever they went through, just kept them out of that industry completely. So I try to just like bring it right up to someone's attention, give them some feelers. Is this client, potential client, someone that I think is open to adding to their portfolio? It's more risk. It's more, you know, responsibility. So some people are just like, no, I just want my house. That's it. I want to pay it off and I want to, you know, die in it. And that's, that's great. Everyone's in their own. And I'm going to take any client and just help mold what they like to do. But at the same time, if I see that little bit of instance where someone might be like me a little bit, I want to keep adding to their portfolio, I will start kind of pushing into that and say, hey, did you know this? Did you know that you could, you know, get a secondary home and later turn it into an Airbnb? Did you know that you can invest in properties all these sorts of ways and you can buy multi-units as your first property, you know? Opening the eyes of people, I've had so many clients that have been grateful for that and I know they'll never leave my side because they're like, you know, Andrew taught me that because I'm just giving them, like I said, here's all your options. I like the mortgage side of things because it I get to learn all the guidelines. What are all the tricks? How do you get property? You know, what are all the ways that you get to do it for each specific person? So it, it's given me a lot of insight to, to help other people become investors. Well, and I'm sure that seeing their finances, you're looking at, hey, you might have some t- money tied up in mm-hmm. this, you know, stock or with mm-hmm. these investments that you're only getting this percent if you moved it over here, right? right? That right. this is good benefit you mm-hmm. tremendously. And and what are those fears that you as a, a loan officer or just, I mean, really you're an investment advisor at that point. Right. What are some of those things that you have to overcome that people almost just have a, an unbi- like a really an unsubstantiated mm-hmm. fear? Like, oh, I don't know, I can't do this or, you know, I don't know that I'm, I'm able to right now, right. but you're like, wait a second, no, absolutely not. You're more than qualified, you're more right. than ready. How much of that do you have to encounter? A lot, really? especially in these times. Yeah. Uh, rates are going up. Prices have been going up for over two years at an incredible rate. So people are constantly, hub- there's humble and bubble all about what's going on with the real estate market. And a lot of people are weary because it's just a big decision. It doesn't matter if it's a perfect market like it was two years ago with rates under 3% and prices still low. I still had so many clients that were just like, oh, but what if the market crashes? And I'm like, now? I was like, you know, how could it crash now? Because people just don't understand. And there's so much you hear everyone kind of talk about it, your parents talk about it, and there's all sorts of opinions, and everyone's opinion is important, but I think it's important that we keep track of where our own life is at. I think if it's a good decision for you, you you are financially ready and set with credit and down payment and income, and you know you're going to be stable in in an area for a specific time, I think buying is just such a great option because you're not paying someone else's mortgage, like renting. You know, no matter where you're paying uh, a price to live, you're paying someone's mortgage. Absolutely. So I like to think, take that perspective for a lot of people and be like, you know, with rates going up and down, they're always going to go up and down. If it's right for you to buy a house right now, let's just focus on the payment and get a payment into our budget, a safe budget. That's the biggest thing. I am proud that I've never had a client that has had buyer's remorse with too much payment. So I talk about it right up front. You know, I can approve you for this $4,000 a month, but, you know, we're looking at your budget. Do you think you want that big of a payment? How about you look at somewhere around two twenty five hundred and get people into a comfortable spot so that they're just stable there? 
And no matter what happens, if prices go up or down, they still are, are stable at a point where they were never overextended. You know, that helps that helps break down a lot of people or their walls and get a, a lot of trust built because they understand like I'm buying a house right now too. Me for me and my fiance. Oh, so when I tell people that, they're like, right now, and I'm like, I don't think we're, it's a bad time because it's a good time for us. If prices drop in the next two years, well, we want to stay here right. for, for five to 10 years. Right. So I don't really care what the prices are at in two years. Just makes sense for us now. We have to get something that, that we own, and then we can keep building on that. That's how I always look at it. And some people we disagree on, but that's all right. you know. Well, and, and one of the things I hear often, especially from uh, the mortgage lending community, is just how often they're having to combat advice from family members who aren't qualified or, right. you know, like, and it works both ways, right? People who probably like, oh, you can't afford it or you shouldn't. But then on the flip side, it's like you can afford way more than you should. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, yeah. right? How much of that do you have to deal with where it's always you know, the the advisors, uh-huh. the people, you know, right? it's mom, it's, dad, grandparents, you know, whoever. <laughs> it's definitely not just our industry. Um, even you think, you know, like, when you're walking through a house as a realtor and the home inspector and dad is there and dad's telling the home inspector how to do his job. It's like, you know, everyone's got their opinions and they're just trying to take care of someone who's buying a house a lot of times and they just want the best interest for you. But I think a lot of people, um, if they're not educated, then a lot of times they're just going to stay on the cautious side and, and just advise, maybe you wait until you buy, you know, but people don't really think like, look, now I've lived here and rented for three years. Rent's gone up every year. And I don't want to think about how much money I just burned when I was renting this whole time. If I bought a house one, I was weary about it. So I think it's it's most important, like, take everyone's advice. You know, I'm very big on respect your elders. So when my parents give advice, I'm all about it. Um, and, I, and I advise my clients to do the same. You know, let's listen to them. And maybe I can talk to them, too. And we can just pick each other's brain and have an open conversation. People realize real quick, like, I'm not trying to sell someone to buy a house. No. It's not if it's not a right time for you. Hey, let's talk later. That's fine with me. I don't I don't need this sale, and either do you. So that's where being unbiased is is really great, and having a a healthy business is really great because I never have to feel like there's a need for that money. You know, it, it makes it easy to be really ethical and moral. Well, not only that, when you're focused on relationship the way you are, I mean, you know that that will be there. When, mm-hmm. when, the, when the time is ready, yeah. they'll come. And exactly. That's that's kind of what you're, I'm hearing you're building your business on, yeah. right? You're in this for the long haul. Yeah, so 100%. That's awesome. And, and and on that note, what what's the future for you? What is the future for you, your team, your brand? Sure. No, great question. Um, well, so just recently, just this year, beginning of this year, I started with Cornerstone. Um, I was with my other company, my original company for a while, and Cornerstone has given me a platform. Um, we have so many tools that we can use and so much support that we give anyone that we bring on. We're really loan officer centric. So as I continue to build the team in here in Chicago, I'm looking for other loan officers that are looking for, you know, for sure a young culture that's all about like the latest and greatest tech. And we're looking to make a difference in the home buying experience and the refinance experience because a lot of times people become a number really quick. But there's a really good way to make sure every client still feels cared about. You don't have to spend an hour talking to them. You know, it's just about the little touches. You can touch, you know, a client four times a week, and it could be a text or it could be a quick voicemail or whatever. But that's meaningful because you're keeping them up to date along the way. That makes one of the biggest differences. So as I continue to grow um, my team here in Chicago, I would like a lot more help with loan officers. I'd like my business to grow um, to a point where... I, I would like to be probably around $50 million a year. I don't want to grow too much bigger than that because I'm very much about the touch on the clients. I think mm-hmm. once you get too large, you either have to have assistants underneath you that are talking to all the clients. So I'd like to be still the point of contact for all my realtors and clients. That's important to me. Um, but to continue to grow a team for Cornerstone here, 
you know, I was the first steps for them in Chicago or a big team out West. Oh, no way. So they put a lot of faith in me to, to help them build a team. Um, so I've been fortunate enough to already hire two loan officers that are great guys, Tyler and Juan and, you know, growing the team just in, in this much time, it's only been, you know, about, about a month since I've been able to hire people and it's awesome to grow this team. I feel like we're going to make a difference because I, I'm always talking to other people in the industry. And, and everyone's looking for something that's going to give them support more than anything. So when I see that, it's easy for me to help other people in my position. My little bit of experience the last five years and, and what I've been through it gives me some insight into what they're thinking. So I really like loan officers in their first five years probably um, just so I can see them when they're moldable and see them when they, they don't know what they're missing yet. You for know? sure. Before they get bad habits. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, bad habits is big. <laughs> I mean, it's anything, any uh-huh. industry, right? I always hear that, like in golf or tennis, you yeah. don't want to get a bad uh, uh-huh. swing. You've been practicing wrong the whole time. Exactly. Like, you then, don't even know. Man, yeah. then, then you're screwed. But uh-huh. no, and, and, you know, and on that note, thank you so much for, for coming in. But also, just on the exciting things going on in your life, congratulations yeah. on everything. Thank a you. lot of, you know, a lot of news. Seriously. So that's yeah. awesome. Lots and of changes all at once. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. No, but if you're out there listening and it sounds like you, you know, want to join the team and, and be a part of Andrew's team, I think, uh, one, he's doing a lot of innovative things. And obviously the opportunity presents itself being a newer company here in Chicago. So uh, if that sounds like you, please contact him. You can do so by filling out the form. He'll get that uh, in his inbox directly. But Andrew, looking forward to all the exciting things happening in your life. Thank you, Tony, man. This has been great. My first experience on a podcast. I don't know if you knew that. So this was awesome, man. I really enjoyed it and uh, I hope to come back.